Welcome, everyone. To the CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the place of Franklin Estates in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, April the 20th. Uh, we're going to talk about spring football because we only have another few days of spring football. Uh, the spring festival, not to be confused with a game, is this weekend in Charlottesville. We'll, uh, we'll be there to cover it. Uh, Cavaliers are going to have a practice, essentially, um, uh, as, as opposed to having a true form game, um, which it makes a lot of sense. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. Um, and certainly should be uh, an interesting afternoon for fans because <laughs> Dave and I were just talking about this off air. Um, <laughs> they're they're not going to have jerseys, and unless maybe I mean I guess it's possible that Bronco could change that between now and then, but they're not going to have jerseys at, if if things keep as they as they have been. So they're going to have little, you know, nameplates on their helmets. And how are fans who are coming to this live practice supposed to keep track of who's who? Um, for a lot of the folks uh, who are going to be at this practice, you know, heck, how many people are interested in Virginia football now who just have completely checked out for the last, you know, year plus? Uh, plenty, right? So it'll it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I'm really looking forward to coming back to the board and having three or four different people tell, well, no, no, that wasn't so-and-so, that was so-and-so. Um, that ought to be fun. Anyway, before we uh, we get into too much more, let me introduce our, 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 our panel, our, our crew for the evening uh, is David Spence uh, out of Waynesboro. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. Thank you, Brad. It's always my pleasure to be here. I hate when you make witty comments before I've introduced myself because I don't feel like I can talk until I've been introduced. Um, <laughs> the Who am I? You're David who Spence, who Dave's, at who Dave's on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter, Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, Justin Ferber, and folks will be listening to this. Tomorrow's my birthday, so when you listen to this, folks, you listen to this be sure to at, lavish me with gifts. Yeah, nobody sent me anything a couple weeks ago, so I'm just saying. Um, no, it's funny because we had we had we had a uh, a former player lined up uh, to join the podcast. I'm not going to name him because I do plan to talk to him at some point. Um, and so after Ferber had you know contributed so much to the podcast last week when we talked to Ahmad, um, we were going to give him the night off, and now uh, some things fell through, and so it's just going to be Dave and I. Um, Ferber, I'm I'm assuming is 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 listening. Uh, to this tomorrow and i'm not gonna let's not text him let's not tell him that we could have used him uh on the show <laughs> that <laughs> we could just pretend he's here i mean just that's true he's re- bringing his last week he uh he's he's watching the caps <laughs> so um god love not it. even not even here to defend himself <laughs> that's true all right um spring spring practice slash not game saturday it was interesting to me when i mean i guess i was always on the impression that this was probably what was going to happen is that you're essentially going to get Instead of a spring game, you're going to get a spring practice that was open to fans. And my media brethren were all like, a, 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 you know, like it's one thing to say, yeah, it's not, it's official, no true spring game. But then, like, even hearing questions on the ACC teleconference today, it just was, it kind of made me laugh. Like, these folks really, you know, like uh, one guy was like, was basically hitting the, the idea that like the team didn't earn it. And I'm like, well, I don't think it has anything to do with earn. I think it has everything to do with like the way they want to spend the time they have. And they can only have so many practices. Um, I, I'm in favor of doing it this way. I think that as great as a game would be, um, it's probably best uh, for them to to continue to work. Um, what do you think, Dave? Do you have any problems with them not playing a game? No, I personally don't. I think 
as much as I'll enjoy going to spring games, it's about the dumbest thing in the world because it really kind of is if you think yeah. about it. It's really you, stupid. You're either excited about the offense or worried about the defense or vice versa. Yeah, because I mean, what you see, yeah, exactly. Because like, <laughs> if the offense plays well, are you like, all right, well, our the defense is going to suck? I mean, you you never know. Now, what you can know, at least if you see it in a game format, is you can see who's doing what. And so that yeah. that's great, like because then you at least you're like, oh, he was the first running back in, or he was the second wide receiver, on, you know, in the slot. Like you understand, but like yeah. other than other than like kind of trying to get a feel for a depth chart, which I mean, let's be honest, does anybody really think Broncos going to release a depth chart when this is all said and done? Not so much. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I you know, you're really essentially watching them work out. So yeah, I mean, there is one caveat. I mean, like what you've got a proven team that's returning a lot of the starters. That's true. Yeah, you know, yeah, and you want to see how they're. You, you kind of know what to expect from both sides. It's right. a different story, but well, quite then, frankly, will we know if it's, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think we'll see someone, you know, we'll see some ones versus ones quotation ones right. versus one. Right. So, right. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see. It looks like just, you know, I know there was an open practice and I haven't had the pleasure of going yet, but you know, just looking at the pictures, it seems that when they do it right, they tend to end the days practicing with some, some scrimmage stuff. So, and because you see the co- pictures of coaches and headsets, they're not doing that just for just offensive for drill drills. Right. Right. So, um, we'll see something. The other thing to keep in mind about spring ball that I, I always try to mention is like there are so many players at the end of a season who gets get some type of surgery that by and large spring ball now has become uh, it's become an opportunity for you to get younger guys some time. But. You know how many? How often are teams really who they're going to be in the spring? One, you don't have the the, the incoming recruits, which has certainly hurt Virginia in, in 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 this spring session because the numbers are just not good. Um, and Bronco even said that as much. Um, I can't remember if it was last week or this week or what, but he basically talked about the idea that like, listen, he just doesn't have the numbers to really go full on practice, like to go to go take you know take to the ground. They can only go thud. He just can't afford to lose anybody. And that'll be helped a little bit in the in the in the summer. But considering the style of play that he wants to have, um, I almost feel like them getting more reps is a is a better thing, um, as opposed to a game where you know for the vast majority of guys are just kind of standing around watching. This at least gets more guys involved, and you're constantly moving. And I think Virginia wants to. I think the staff wants that to be a big. Uh, a big focus for them is is to is to outwork teams in the going into a game so that they can play that tempo, um, and that's going to be interesting because <laughs> for so many of us that watch Virginia basketball and how slow uh, that kind of turns out to be at times, and it's so much conversation about it, it'll it'll be interesting to finally have a Virginia team that does something quick um, and kind of goes with the trend, so to speak. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't think that they're going to play. Um, Smart football. I mean, if you if you pay any attention to the stuff that Bronco says, um, whether that's directly, you know, in, in podcast videos, whatever, or you know, reading it secondhand in a transcript or something, or you know, a live thread, like the guy is as driven when it comes to um, discipline as as anybody you'll ever hear, and yet he kind of wants his guys to play with that edge, um, which I think is interesting. But they they're going to be aggressive. And but I don't think they're going to be stupid about it. Like, and I, I'm not trying. I, 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 I get these like moments when when we talk about football on the board. They're like we always have to like bring up the past. You know, somebody always has to like say, "Well, that's such a that's so different from the from blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Can we just not like? There's just no fun. There's just all that does is like 
bum everybody out. You know, like don't just fine. We yep, everything changed. Yep, this is the. You know, if you if you disagree with the way something's being done, that's that's a conversation. That's great. Like we don't need. You know, like everybody everybody's got an everybody has a degree in the past. We don't. Nobody nobody needs to be showing their bona fides. We all get it. Um, That'll end. I mean, we're we're not talking about the Lato era very no, often yeah, right, right anymore. Exactly. <laughs> um, but one thing I do think is that Virginia has been prone to obviously lots of discipline level mistakes, um, and as well as um, how. Con, confound, con, uh, confounding, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, bad decisions um, on the headset, basically. That most of us who play Madden, even on a um, <laughs> on a very cursory level, understand. Uh, look, this staff is going to be very aggressive, but they're also going to be smart about it. So it's going to be interesting to me. Um, what are some of the things you're looking forward to Saturday watching the team work out, Dave? What, run me through some of your lessons. Let's talk about it. I'm looking forward to having a Saturday off, period, which would be great. So so I'm going to be in a good mood. Um, honestly, I, I just kind of want to see, you know, we've seen it in video, you know, we've seen it in, in video form. Um, it, I just kind of want to see the, just the whole thing in motion. I mean, we, we see glimpses, um, I kind of want to see how they, you know, I was, I spent a lot of time, you know, just like you <laughs> watching this team over the last few years. I think the first thing I'm going to look at is kind of how the guys look, um, physically. And then the, I'm kind of interested to see how, how different they are. Um, like the way them carries, way they carry themselves, where there's, I know there's going to be some fun, but once the whistle blows and the, and the period starts, um, to see how disciplined they are now that they've got people in the stands, um, you know, and which will be new for them. So there's one drill in particular. I'm crazy. I like, um, I think I may have talked about it when, when they go one-on-one offensive lineman versus defensive lineman, the whole sprint back to this, you know, the whole sprint after the, after the engagement thing that you keep seeing on the videos. I'm excited to watch that. Um, I know this sounds corny, but I kind of want to see that. I was going to say, this sounds so, it sounds so nerdy. It's yeah, like, but like and the then there's a I've tempo drill they do where they <laughs> they throw like a wide receiver screen and like everyone blocks a dummy or screens a guy and then they seem to blow a whistle and every they have to either stop and hit the ground or I think one I saw yesterday they were doing like somersaults, um, you know, forward rolls when they hit the whistle. So it's just little things like that. And then look, I just kind of want to see how these coaches command a practice and. And kind of the response they get from the guys when there's a little bit of distraction. Um, I don't care. I, honestly, I'm just excited. <laughs> there, there's positivity around the program. I'm excited to be there in the stadium with positivity. Um, it's been a long time since that's happened. Not to talk about the past. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's always fun. That, that, that first spring practice, and you can go back to any staff. When, when Gro was here, um, that first spring game, when that first spring game with London, I mean, it's an exciting time of year. There's, you can't lose tomorrow. I mean Saturday. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. I, the, the, I think the thing for me, um, I'm looking. I'm looking to to watch coaches coaching, the way that the coaches interact. I, I think that for for those of us who who cover, um, and I, I haven't been able to make them yet, but for those of us who who cover the who covered this program previously. Like the idea of coaches getting along. I mean, you just heard these stories about you know the the infighting and the and the dysfunction and and the the lack of organization and um, 
you know, and like I said, I'm not trying to, you know, dog on the past. I'm just talking about, I'm trying to contrast it with what, you know, with what we've seen so far. These guys just genuinely seem like they, they genuinely like hang out. Like they want to be like around each other more than just, you know, hey, let's get this game plan ready and, and, and bounce. Um, I'm yeah, on that topic, I, I kind of want to see think I just of the staff. See sorry to interrupt you. Um, you feel like this staff has been together for the entire time he was at BYU, but, you know, they haven't. You know, even the guys who brought with him haven't been with him his whole tenure there. Um, so it's, it's very interesting. I, I kind of got the uh, reason I brought that up is I kind of got worried what's going to happen when he has to replace some guys down the road. But these guys are, were largely kind of put together to be here. And yeah, it's good. Well, I think the, the thing that the thing that we'd have to keep in mind as they move forward is that a lot of these guys were either players for Bronco or they have some kind of connection. And so I just don't know if you're going to see, um, you know, any kind of attrition. Now, I think you'd probably be foolish to think that Ruffin McNeil is not going to get a chance to be a head coach again. Certainly because it does seem like he and he he is revitalized. So I mean he's not, you know, it's hard to say that like where he is in his in in his coaching arc. But this could be perfect for him, you know, um, in a lot of ways. And clearly Bronco is in a position where he's going to be here a while um, if he's successful. Um, you know, I think that for him, he and Tony Bennett very very interesting parallels on a number of levels, and I think that might be one of them. But um, this team this year, it, it's going to be interesting because you have you have a lot of interesting pieces. Like, look, like think about the offense. you got a, a, a very experienced quarterback coming back, but he's having to play in, his, uh, in another system, um, you know, which is which is always tough. Um, you know, this is, what, his third, right? Because he would have been in Lasers yeah. and in Fairchilds and now in this one. Um and it's not just a new system; it's a new scheme. It's a you know a, at least you could say Laser and Fairchild. There were some similarities. I don't think that what Virginia is going to do now, uh, although maybe Matt maybe Matt would disagree. Matt would tell you that there are some things that you can build around. But you got Taquan Mizell back. You got um, you've you've got most of the backfield back. If you think about it, I mean, actually, I don't think they lost anybody from that backfield, right? Because you've got Mizell and you've got uh, Reed and Ellis. Um, and there's one I'm forgetting. Ham, you got all you got all those guys back. Plus, uh, you've got uh, uh, Alamba If they, it looks like he's playing primarily at this in the slot, but you know you, you're probably going to see some some packages where he moves around a little bit. So I mean, you you do have a lot of uh, playmakers back. You, you you have to replace Kane and Severn, which is clearly I think for the offense the the you know the biggest piece. But at the same time, when you change schemes, you're not really replacing anybody. Really, what you're trying to do is you're just trying to be you're, you're trying to be good at what you do. Um, so Andre Lavroni, can he stay healthy? Donnie Dowling, can he stay healthy? Uh, what's the depth like at that position? David Eldridge and Warren Kraft are two young guys who I think Virginia's going to have to lean on um, in a variety of ways. What's the tight end going to be like uh, for me? Like that's another question mark going into the season. Um, but offensively, I think there are a lot more answered questions than there are questions. The biggest ones obviously are on the offensive line, and I feel like – Hey, new staff, new scheme, same old question, right? Like we've been talking about the offensive line, and how many how many times have we talked this spring going into summer about man, you know, Virginia's if they, if the if they can get the offensive line right, they can get the offensive line right. I feel like that's been the difference between every every season that 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 it, it eventually sucks because Virginia's offensive line can't play well, um, and. <laughs> That's certainly going to be the case with this one. If the offensive line plays well, Virginia is going to win some games. Um, what do you think about the offense, and what do you, what do you 
maybe some questions that you're interested to see um, both maybe in the big picture, but also going into Saturday. I mean, I think the offense, big shock, the offensive line is going to be key. Um, yeah, I think we've, it's going to be hard to tell from a spring, a spring practice, but um, yeah, I think we, like you said, I think we've got the pieces at running back and even though they don't, you know, we don't have a lot of proven depth at wide receiver, the new scheme, you know, and we've watched it with other teams running similar concepts over the past few years. You know, you don't have to have Calvin Johnson's. You can get by with smaller guys if you scheme them right um, at right. wide receiver. And, right. you know, I think between Lebroni and, and um, oh, is it Eldridge? Um, who am I missing? Dowling. Um, yeah, I think there's some pieces there at wide receiver, tight end. You know, there's certainly most of our tight ends got have some versatility, can be back in, in the backfield and, I think for as far as the weapons go, I think we're okay, and I think we have an offensive staff that if you go back and watch what they've done at BYU, they have the ability to scheme to the talent. Um, but you can't scheme if you can't block the guy in front of you. So it comes down to the to the offensive line, and you know it's a completely different system for Matt Johns. Can you know we've seen him at times over his career, you know, throw some bad passes. Um, so the two things that can make a, a wonderful offense not click, and you know, you know Tempo's great until you go three and out in 30 seconds. Yep. Um, Ask North Carolina. Yeah. So it's, so, you know, it's all about, it's, I don't know, Broncos said it a thousand times. It's all about the trenches. So I'll be concentrating the offensive line. I don't think we'll, I think the spring, it seems that um, they're just trying different combinations to get guys some cross training. I think we'll see more them honing in more to where they think they're going to be. Um, and, and again, I'm just kind of excited to watch these big guys run right. between plays. The um, you mentioned the offensive line and, and the cross training. I, I think that the idea that they're that they're moving guys around at this point just to see how just to get on film. All right, how does this guy look here? What does this look like there? That's something that in the past they, that that hadn't happened, right? I mean, we how, how many? I feel like there were like two springs where Virginia was looking for a left tackle, and, and we asked questions about like, well, why isn't Eric Smith getting a look at left tackle? Because he's a right tackle, Brad. And they were like, because he's a right tackle. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, that doesn't really answer the question, but thanks. Like, and I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm just being honest. Like, yeah. you know, get get a look at the guy. I mean, Jack English, I thought was was a pretty decent looking tackle prospect. And then you hear word that he, you know, he snapped some. You know, I think the idea that the, a lot of these guys are getting are cross training, um, getting some um, uh, some reps at, at least at other positions. Listen, it's a good thing for for any line to stick together. Uh, and play the same way all year. Don't get me wrong, but like at this point, like it's probably not a bad idea for guys to like as they're learning the offense to get a feel for what like every other body else is doing. Um, and so I kind of like that. Um, but I, you know, look, the offensive line is going to be the key. Offensive line plays reasonably well, and Virginia's going to go to a bowl. Um, offensive line struggles, and it's going to be a long season. Um, yeah. But um, let's look at the defense uh, positives to me. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll say a couple things I'm looking forward to. I won't try to list off everything. Um, I think one big positive has been, to me at least, it looks like Dante Wilkins and Andrew Brown, who at times last year were both kind of like out on the island of misfit toys or something, um, they look like they both have found a home. Um, you know, the way that Bronco talked about Dante today uh, on, the tele- on the ACC teleconference um, – I mean, this look Bron- again. I'm gonna keep saying this. Bronco's not a dude who just like tosses out like rah rah, you know, gushing compliments to people. 
You know, like he's not the kind of guy who tells you that your that steak was amazing if the steak wasn't amazing. So if he's saying that Dante Wilkins is a beast, you know, paraphrasing because he didn't actually say beast. <laughs> if he says he's playing well, both and he's and he's really, you know, really contributing at both a high level in terms of the play on the field as well as his leadership, then you believe that that's exactly what he's seeing. Um, so for for Tay to find a spot, I mean, can, he's got so much potential. Um, it, and I think that's a big positive. And then for Andrew Brown to find a home at end, you know, last year I think a lot of us thought, you know, he probably should play some end. And for, you know, for whatever reason it didn't happen. Now he's, you know, the comments I know he said, uh, I think it was Mike Barber in the Richmond Times Dispatch talking about, you know, being let off a leash. Um, that that That's a big positive to me. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that um, it seems like um, Eli Handback, uh, a guy that I – I, like I told Greg Burton on the radio this week, I would never have going into practice, never would have said, yep, he's going to probably be a starter at defensive end. He, I, I, Ruffin McNeil called him a stalwart um, at that position. So, I mean, that that's that's kind of – I don't mean to be uh, – I don't mean to be, like, mean here, but, like, that's what coaching does, man. Like, good coaching takes a kid and goes, you know what, we can make you into something, and then it happens. And you're like, oh, wow, look at that, development. Like – that's what good coaching does. They take what take what they have and make it work. Um, so those are the positives for me. The only negative, and this is a broad one, but like I'm not really sure what happens in the back eight. Um, Dave and I earlier were trying to figure out like we're trying to get like a projected starting lineup, and it's tough. And a lot of that comes from you know you're still not sure like where guys will land in terms of positions, but then also too like depth is a real issue. Um, you know, even a de- you know, even the we talked about positive on the defensive line. Like, the entire defense has some struggles when it comes to depth. And Broncos' recruiting philosophy, or excuse me, his his playing philosophy in terms of like freshmen is pretty clear. Like, if you if we if if they think you're going to have a role, you're going to have a role. And maybe it won't be that you know you're going to play two snaps all year, but if you're going to play, you're going to play. And so I, I, I would not be surprised to see some of these kids on defense getting a look because the numbers are just really rough. Um, what about you, Dave? What are some positives and some negatives that you've seen on the defense, and what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, I think the positives, we, we've got some talent there, and, and you know, <laughs> there's, a, there's a few five-stars over there, a couple five-stars over there. Um, you know, it, the defensive line, uh, I think it's always a positive when, when your coaches are – you know, when your coach is applauding the play of the nose tackle on a three, four, that was, um, I'm a big fan of the three, four. I think we got frustrated with, with, with it during, during the grow years, but even now more so than then it is perfect for defending the, the offenses you're going to face in today's college game. Um, so it, it's, and having, having a good nose tackle is crucial to it. So, the problem, the downside of that is there's not a lot of depth up there, um, and none of them improving themselves at the three-man line. But again, like you said, it's the coaching gives you optimism. The lack of depth, you know, makes you a little weary. Um, the the linebackers is going to be interesting. Just there's some talent there as well, but all playing in a new system. Um, as important as the nose tackles are, obviously. You know, having outside linebackers that can get off of a lineman or get off of a tight end and, and get in the backfield or, or rush the quarterback on the opposite side. Um, something that they did some in the way, you know, in the nickel packages last year and then when we went three-man front, but still is going to be new. Um, but I do like the pieces there. I think there's a lot of a lot of potential at linebacker. 
Um, and the defensive backs, you know, if everyone can stay healthy, I think, again, there's, there's lots of talent there. I think Thornhill is going to be, have a good year. He's got all the upside in the world and you, you know, blending, I hear he's pretty good. Um, <laughs> and then it appears to be Tim Harris has kind of found his, found his calling with, with the uh, press coverage and just the aggressiveness that, that Hal's teaching. Another example where, where coaching helps coaching a lot. Right. Um, and then, you know, I think you're exactly right though. I think the, the freshmen who come in and, you know, earn the right to practice this fall. Um, I, I expect, you know, just judging by, judging by what I've learned about Bronco and our, all of our time with him. Um, Copious amounts. Of my guess is, you know, when he, and I, I, I guess I could find this out if I did a little more research, but my guess is if he identifies a, a, a player, a freshman, um, as someone who's, earn the right to play, he's going to tell that coach, scheme him up. Let's let's have him a situational right, right. package for him. Yep. And I think that we'll, we'll see a lot of that in the defense, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the level, whether right. you know, linebackers or, you know, whether it's the defensive line, the linebackers or the defensive backs, right. I think we'll see guys coming in on, you know, in, in situational football right. um, as much as possible. So, yeah, again, it's the same as the offense. There's a lot of pieces there. It's just it's the trenches, you know, being, you've got to establish the lawn. Um, but man, that it's, it's such a good group of coaches and you have to, I think there's a lot of talent there that, you know, to feed off of the, the defense, although we gave up a lot more points last year than we wanted to, um, you know, cause we lost some games. <laughs> the, it's not like the defense has been the biggest issue we've had. So I've got a little more optimism on the defensive side of the right. ball. Strangely enough, um, just well, cause, the head man's running it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna do something I never do, which is I'm gonna put myself like really out there. Not really. We're 26 minutes into the podcast. So I don't really. I mean, if somebody's listening to this point, they're not gonna give me so much crap, right? All right. I'm gonna go through. We're gonna go through the the freshmen, the first years, and we're we're not gonna say that they will play. We're just gonna think. We're gonna say what you think. All right. And if you say yes, give me a percentage. That, let's let's play that game, and I'll go first. Okay. So let's take the uh, – we'll do the, the early enrollees. Trey Harbison, um, 50-50, mainly because he's been there. Uh, I know he kind of – he his style fits what they've done in the past uh, at running back, um, but that, that thing is so deep, he'd have to really impress. So that's hard to, that's hard to, say, to speak on. Um, Matt Terrell, if he's defensive end, outside linebacker, both of those spots seem like they, they could use a, a bump in terms of, of – uh, of uh, depth, so sixty-five percent chance he plays. Um, <laughs> what? That's like the randomness of your numbers. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Like, I, I guess what I'm thinking of is I more give Trey eighty-five percent to play. You know. All right. Uh, what do you give? What do you think of Matt? Uh, I think you're about right. I mean, thirds. But here's yeah. the thing, though: the kid's six four. If he's legit six four, two twenty five, like that's pretty ready. You know. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily defense in ready, but you know he's it's outside linebacker ready. Yeah. All right, uh, Baumgartner, I think, has been practicing a defensive end. I haven't seen much of him, so I'm going to say he doesn't play. But yeah. I could definitely change that opinion if I see something you know, down the road. Okay, of the kids coming in, I, I don't see Abram Center or Cross playing. I guess we can agree that the quarterbacks yeah, are yeah. probably not playing. Okay, of the guys that I'm looking at, and I, and I have the, the list of signees on. I, all right, I know from having talked to Justin Anderson, the player personnel guy, for the Cavalier Corner Magazine story that I did, that Landon Word, Robert Snyder, 
and uh, Juwan Moye, um, the three-star defensive end outside linebacker from Georgia, um, all like physically were impressive to them. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, about Landon Word, Justin said that uh, he he was like their stereotypical like this is what this is what a backer is supposed to look like. So I will not be surprised if any of those three gets decent time, especially if 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 um, if if they're ready to play outside linebacker. Now Moye is interesting because I think they're going to start him at 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 outside linebacker, but he probably grows into a defensive end. Um, it'll be interesting to see how quickly that happens. The other guy on defense that I think, um, well, two guys really. Jordan Mack seems to fit what they've done historically really well, and Tristan Hill, um, six foot two, three hundred pounder at nose tackle, just seems, and he's he's got a mean streak on him. I know Dave, you really liked his his yeah. uh, offensive line film. What do you think? Um, do you see? Do you, do you foresee anybody else defensively that? You kind of feel like it's definitely going to play. I think Crutchfield's got a chance. Um, did you mention him? I did not. Okay. See, I just wonder if he's a little bit undersized for defensive end. You know, it, I don't know if he has the wheels. He could for be OLB. You know. Honestly, I was kind of going. The reason I was uh, hesitant there for a second is I was trying to remember who recruited under Bronco. I was giving them a nod, <laughs> being a little more likely to play based on nothing other than that's what I do. Um, well, Hill, Hill I mean, is the one that makes the most sense. I mean, he's the guy that they specifically say, went you know, out and got. I guess is they're going to try to play as many of these defensive guys as they can just because of the the potential for Relative, significant yeah. roster turnover right. there. Right. Um, and then, obviously, you know, I think you know Dylan uh, Rankinsmeyer, whatever his name is, from Colorado. Um, Nutsen, I think, will we'll definitely get some, get Newt, some play. Newt, and then, yeah, Newsom, sorry. No, it's... It could, and I, and it's, it's fine. It looks like nuts, but it, it does. Is it does. It does. Yeah, but I think I think Hill's probably gonna get some rotations at nose tackle. Uh, even though we've got knees at offensive line, I think given what's coming in with this class, what the the way the current guys seem to be performing, mm-hmm. um, and the guys are committed, um, and we're not even counting uh, uh, the transfer we have coming on the offensive line, I think they'll probably start Hill on the yeah. defensive yeah. line just because he's so yeah. big. Well, yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely going to go defense. Um, and you kind of need to get somebody. I mean, like, that's the interesting part, too. Virginia fans are used to 3-4, but you're used to, like, an Iron Man 3-4. Yeah. I don't know if Bronco's going to do that. Like, I just think that he's going to have to move some bodies in. So if he can get Hill ready to kind of be the next guy at that position. Um, crazy to think that a, that a kid who they added, like, in the last couple weeks, um, you know, in terms of, ad, you know, recruiting him and then getting his, his commitment on signing day. <laughs> he could be their nose tackle of the future. Offensively, I, there are two guys that I just really zero in on um, on offense: uh, Hasis Dubois and Joe Reed. Like they're they're hurting for wide receiver numbers, and those two guys just seem like they're just ready. We got Dubois in the database six three two two ten. Joe Reed was another guy that uh, Anderson mentioned specifically about you know, you know just being a man and really matching what they want. Six, we got him listed six two two hundred. I'm guessing he's a little heavier than that. Um, both of those guys, big, physical, athletic dudes who can who can move. Um, you know, maybe not necessarily burners, but they're not just possession guys. Like they they have a lot of athleticism to them. I see both those guys playing. Um, and and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if like another random wide receiver athlete type played, just because they do need some numbers. You can't have a spread where you only have like three wide receivers. Like you need dudes. Um, you need options. Um, 
the the other guy, if he wasn't taking his mission, uh, Talia Papa, I man, his film was really strong. Um, I, I really thought he kind of jumped out a little bit. What do you think? You agree with me on Reed and Dubois? Yeah, I mean, I think Reed's going to be a star. Um, I do too. Oh, yeah, I, I think I said Dubois, all like, ACC, those right? two together. That's a good one too. Just being, I think their games are a little bit different. Um, but yeah, that's it's a good one too to have coming. Um, I'd be shocked if they didn't. I won't. I don't know what significant time is. We're going to have a lot of snaps on offense if the offense is running well. Um, so there's going to be plenty of, you know, not going to be you know, 30 seconds between plays very often. And if it is, I'm guessing Broncos on the sideline yelling because someone screwed up. Um, <laughs> I like yeah, that. I mean, I do think Harbinson's going to play just because, again, it's, it's just the speed the game is going to be played at. And plus the fact when you look at um, Zacchaeus and, and and smoke just the versatility. You know, you you can play them with multiple running backs. Um, and from what I hear, I mean, you haven't heard anything negative about Trey, and he certainly seems to be pretty pretty involved in, in most right. of the videos we've. Well, like I said, so. I mean, he really does kind of fit what they've done historically with the bigger backs. Um, and yeah. he's a guy. I mean, he was such a productive guy at the high school level. Your, your question about you know going to the college level is always obviously going to be. You know, can that translate? I mean, what you're able to do at the high school level, but I mean, he really did. He was so, so successful. Um, he, he seems like a guy who just manages to find a way to fall forward. Um, you know, and and you're right. I mean, the one thing about this offense, I mean, look, you're going to go up-tempo and you're going to go up-tempo spread. You're going to have to use a lot of guys, um, which just hasn't been the case um, historically for, for, for those of us who watch this team. Like, you just don't see him use a bunch of guys. So yeah, I mean, I, some of the downside, you know, uh, of this style of offense, um, and we don't I mean none of it. We're we're guessing. I mean, right, yeah, there's so yeah, many so many levels right. of way you can run this thing. But if you get in a situation where you you're playing a guy without experience, the beauty of, of a spread offense is you can just go to hey, you're just going to keep running the that bubble screen. If they cover it, we're giving it. If they don't, we're throwing it to you. Um, you know, it doesn't have to. You can make it as simple as you can to to plug pieces in. And we've seen that over the years when we've played teams that run this and we're like, who the heck is this guy running this simple route all day long? Um, you know, you've got to cover. It's hard to cover everything. So there is some upside to it. You don't have to have you know route concepts and all this on every play when you're running that many plays. And But, again, it all goes down to you know, what, protecting, giving the quarterback time to get it there and the quarterback making the right read. Right. Yeah, football. It comes down to football. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that I was going to say a second ago. I love the fact that it's 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 April the twentieth, and we're sitting here talking about which freshmen who have not even enrolled yet, um, which freshmen might play. But I think that's just kind of the the nature of this beast is that you look at this team, you look at where things are, and you think, you know what? There, there's a lot of questions that have to be answered, but also there's a big question that you know is going to be answered, which is numbers. Like they got to have some guys, and I, I really just hope that people don't like. Yeah, that we don't have to spend like two months of like wor folks worried about red shirts. Like, I, I kind of want to just. I, yeah. I'm not saying that folks need to like not have an opinion about stuff because that's dumb. But like at some level, like I'm not saying you have to you know quote unquote trust the coaches. But like on some level, you have to kind of wait and let it unfold a little bit because like what you've seen before is not is just it's different now. So you can't hold uh, this staff accountable for stuff that they didn't do. Um, yeah, we. I feel like we beat that drum so many times, and I will say I, I wanted to mention this last week. I, I'll read a thread every now and then, and I'll see someone mention like, "Oh, uh, maybe he can come in in the spring." Or, 
you should really go back and listen. So <laughs> Bronco has no interest in bringing in mid-year enrollees. Yeah, he made that pretty clear. One. That might be one of those places where Bronco has to adapt, though. Because, yeah, he might like, have to. But because <laughs> it's it's. I mean, in all, you know, if you if you're paying attention, like um, you know, there are kids now that they're recruiting who want to come in early. Yeah. Like it's it's not it's it's a it's it's a trend that is going to be a thing for a while. Now whether or not it continues to be a thing that remains to be seen. But like at least for now, the trend is these guys want to get done, and they want to get out. Um, and I think for a lot of them, it's m- as much about spring ball as it is getting out of like high school. Like a lot of these kids are just ready to move. They're ready to go. And so I think in a lot of ways, while Bronco might not necessarily want them. To do like I don't think I don't think he wants it to be like half the class or anything, but they're going to be two or three of them that are going to go. Um, yeah, I mean, and Bronco strikes me as the kind of guy who's going to understand. Hey, if I got a kid who really wants to come here and he wants to come in mid year, and you know, he's obviously you know, a good student and he's done everything he can. Well, why am I going to risk losing him to another yeah, school? Exactly. Once he's enrolled here, yeah, he's if, here. If, if a kid, it. if a kid they like wants to come early, it's not going to. But I do think that that there are schools out there who push it. In a way, oh, yeah. you know, who 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 want you to come in early, um, yep. that at times the, or late or you know, or late they want to gray shirt you, um, you know, teams that want you to come in early um, and push that and maybe even push it even more than the um, you know than the player might be ready for because um, I've I've definitely talked to guys about stuff like that, um, but I just think that Broncos gonna be one of those ones where it's like you know if the kid wants to come we'll try to make it happen, but certainly not gonna not gonna tell a kid no if he wants to. Um, but yeah, meanwhile, back on, uh, something that's, you know, more timely Saturday should be a lot of fun, should be interesting and and should give us plenty to talk about, uh, as, as Virginia closes, uh, spring practice. Um, I think that's a, a good place to kind of put a pin in it. We'll, we'll be back next week, obviously to, to talk about, um, the spring festival, um, and to, to, to kind of go over what we saw and what, what we hopefully learned and what questions we still have. As uh, as the team uh, exits spring ball, but want to say thank you out, out to everybody out there again for their support of the podcast. Want to thank uh, Dave for being back on as always, um, and thanks Justin too, <laughs> bringing his A game. Did a great job. Uh, so for David Spence, I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorn.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.